Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> Real quickly, just to finish up on the Jets stuff, previous caller before the, uh, the hour. The other thing about Aaron Rodgers First and foremost, if you want to make, there is one big difference, too, with the Brett Favre situation from 15 years ago to Aaron Rodgers now. Remember, when Brett Favre came over here, one of the reasons why he was, I guess, somewhat not thrilled with coming to the Jets, remember, he either wanted to go to Minnesota to stick it to the Packers, or if it wasn't going to be the Minnesota Vikings, he wanted to go maybe to Tampa Bay because he had a relationship with John Gruden. Right, they knew each other from from the Green Bay days when Gruden was an assistant, and the offense. There was a lot of similarities. Here he comes to the Jets. It's a whole new system he had to learn. Crash course. And remember, he showed up in August, already during training camp. They tried to make it work. It worked for about three quarters of the way, and then things fell apart there. Final month of the season. This time around, Aaron Rodgers. He knows the offense. Nathaniel Hackett. So nothing would change from him from a system standpoint. So he already goes in basically like knowing half the answers to the test. Now, the rest of it is is getting used to your teammates, you know, new division, new part of the country, new surroundings, new people, all those things. But from a football standpoint, he knows what he's doing already. He's got the X's and O's. Now, the offensive line, somebody brought that up before we went to the break. I think the Jets are kind of in the ballpark of, well, you know what? We had a lot of bad luck when it came to injuries last year on that O-line. Becton is, as he said, getting himself in shape, but he's only played two games, I think, over the last two years, or barely played over the, one game over the last two years. So you can't count on the guy, but you figure that he's going to be somebody that you have at your disposal. Dwayne Brown is coming back. I think that that's a good move. He had the shoulder work done, and... Dwayne Brown's a beast. Guy's a warrior. He's respected like all hell in that locker room. And I think the guy, if healthy, could still play at a decent level to man one of those tackle positions for you. Dude's a warrior. AVT coming back, I think he slides in at guard. They've already restructured the Lake and Tomlinson contract. Um, He'll be back at another guard position. They're probably going to have a new center next year. Connor McGovern's a free agent. I maybe think they go in a different direction. They'll probably go out there and bring in another uh, lineman, whether it's guard, tackle, just to have a little bit more uh, insurance and some depth because you can never have too much of it. I mean, look what happened to them last year. They were just ravaged with injuries. But I don't think in terms of, like, the cast of characters and the guys that were on this team last year, I don't think it's going to look dramatically different from from what we saw last year. Couple of the you know the puzzle pieces might fit in a different spot, but I, I think the names are probably going to be relatively familiar from the ones that we saw on this team um, a season ago. As far as the Giants are concerned now, because I don't want to leave them out. I mean, the Giants got some important decisions to work out here too over the next couple of days. They got the Daniel Jones thing situated. All right, they accomplished that. That was that was step number one to this off season. Giants had to make sure that they brought back their QB, and they did. Went down to the 11th hour, but they got it done. Like I said earlier in the week when it happened, 
Don't get caught up on the four years. Don't get caught up on the $160 million. Don't get caught up on the $40 million AAV. That's nice. You know, that's like when you were in the fourth and fifth grade and you learned how to do long division. That's all that is. It doesn't mean anything because there's a chance that Daniel Jones doesn't even see four years of this contract. There's a better than good chance that he doesn't see $160 million of it. And he's not getting paid $40 million like on the nose on an annual basis. That's not how this works. NFL contracts, I don't know how many times we could say it. It's all about how they're structured, and it's more got to do with the guarantees than anything else. Daniel Jones is getting $82 million in the first two years of this deal. Okay, $82 million. And essentially the way you got to look at this thing is it is a two-year deal. Nothing more, nothing less. That's what it is. Giants can get out from this thing after a couple of years. So if it doesn't work, you know what? Shame on them. But it's not like they're tied to him for life. He's got $94 million to him at signing, and congratulations. And if it really works out, he can net himself an extra $35 million in incentives. Which, if you're a Giant fan, here's what you hope happens. Okay, this is the ideal scenario for you. Daniel Jones outplays the contract over the next two years to where after 2024, the Giants rip up this contract and say, you know what? We have to give him a new one. And we have to give him a deal that's even greater than what we just gave him here. Because Daniel Jones maybe has elevated himself into one of the top 10 quarterbacks in the league. The production goes up. The Giants keep on winning games. That is the dream scenario if you're a fan and if you're the Giants. And here's what's great about this deal. Like, I, I, I can't tell you how impressed I am. And look, I understand that Daniel Jones still has some work to do. And the Giants have some work to do to be able to surround him with some pieces that are going to make him a better quarterback and a more effective quarterback and a more productive QB. And you know how they got it done? Remember when Joe Shane and Brian Dayball got here, which was, what, about 14 months ago? Remember what one of their first orders of business was? They had to make a decision on the fifth-year option for Daniel Jones, which was going to be this upcoming season in 2023. And they declined it. No-brainer. No-brainer. Because remember, before this past year happened, for what we saw from Daniel Jones in the first three years, I mean, why the hell would you guarantee his fifth year? I don't care if his father was running the football team. He wouldn't have guaranteed his fifth-year option. He would said, you know what, I know he's my kid and I love him and everything, but there's no way in hell I'm going to be tied to him for another year or longer than I have to based on what I've seen. So the Giants did a smart thing business-wise. But do you realize that 50-year option, if they would have went ahead and picked it up, it would have counted $22.5 million against the cap for 2023. 22.5. Now Jones goes out there, has a real good season. Giants go to the playoffs. Giants win a playoff game. Jones gets himself a new contract. Do you realize that the cap hit for the upcoming season is $18.5 million only, which is $4 million less than what that fifth-year option would have been. So think about the genius in that if you're the Giants. You're saving money. And if you would have franchise tagged him, and if he couldn't come up to w- with a new long-term deal, that would have counted $32 million for you against the cap. You saved $14 million for the upcoming season. And it's big, not just in the sense of bettering your football team, it's big in the sense that it betters your quarterback. Because now you can go out there and get him some pieces. And that is what he needs 
if he's going to play this thing out and if he's really going to be as productive as what you hope he's going to be. Look, he's got work to do. Had one good season. I can't call it a great season. He had a good season. But if the Giants really want to get to the next level, Daniel Jones is going to have to take his game to the next level. Look, I think the Giants were one of the great stories in the league this past year. And if you're a Giant fan, you could still, even a couple of months after the season ended, you could still, I think, look back fondly on what 2022 was for you guys. You had a playoff run which came out of absolutely nowhere. I thought Giants were going to be one of the worst teams in the league this year. I thought maybe they win five, six games if everything broke right. And they completely ran through that. Saquon had a return to form this year. Jones had the best season of his career. You found out that you've got a head coach who's the real deal. You made the playoffs. You won a playoff game. I, I, I don't know what more you could have asked for this season. With injuries galore, with a mishmash unit of players, signing guys off the street, making them essentially starters in the last few weeks of the season. And, oh, by the way, you still won a lot of football games. But there's work to be done. You got trounced by the Philadelphia Eagles in the playoffs. Trounced. You only won one game against your division. Okay, those, those are facts. You can't, you can't change those. But now what do you do in the offseason to change the results for next year? Because if the Giants really want to continue forward with this thing, you got to fare better against the teams that you're competing with. Right? You're not going to be able to establish yourself in the hierarchy of the NFC without first establishing yourself in the NFC East. And... I don't think Philadelphia is going anywhere, even though they might have to make some tough decisions and say goodbye to some guys like Darius Slay. They said, you know, we're going to give you a chance to go seek out a trade because you know what the Eagles have to do now? It's usually what happens to all good teams when you have a lot of success and you have a quarterback who's young, who also has a lot of success. You got to pay him. And so Philadelphia is now going to make some tough decisions because they know they got to pay Jalen Hurts. And that's why it's always beneficial to try to win and to try to stack the box as much as you can while you still have a quarterback on a young rookie contract. Remember, Jets tried to do that Why they punted Sam Darnold away and drafted Zach Wilson because they thought they could beef up this team with a quarterback making no money by comparison to what starting quarterbacks usually make in this league. Now, funny thing happened along the way for the Jets because they upgraded the talent pool, but the quarterback still never followed along. And they still have to fix that. Right? You see it all the time. I mean, if you want to go back about a decade, look at Seattle. Remember when Seattle won the Super Bowl and then they should have won a second one before they choked it away against the Patriots? They were able to go to -to back-to-back Super Bowls because Russell Wilson was a third-round pick making no money when Seattle went to those two games. So they were able to have a stacked roster, a stacked defense that was able to support the young quarterback. That's the way this game works. And If you look at some of these other clubs in the NFL, not to say that they're completely going to go away, but Cincinnati, for example, right? That's a team that was in the Super Bowl two years ago, made it all the way to the championship game this year. The Cincinnati Bengals, in all probability, just played their last season with Joe Burrow on a rookie contract. Burrow's going to get paid before next year kicks off. And guess what? He's going to get paid a fortune. The Daniel Jones contract is going to look like charity compared to what Joe Burrow is going to get paid, and rightfully so because he's one of the best quarterbacks in the game. But what happens with that? Now Cincinnati is going to have to make some tough choices and say goodbye to some good players on their team because, oh, yeah, you got your quarterback eating up a lot of your cap. 
So those great wide receivers that he has, whether it's T. Higgins, whether it's Jamar Chase, they're not going to be able to keep both of these guys long term. So one of them is probably going to be an ex-Cincinnati Bengal before long, whether it's before this season or definitely before the next season. It's just how the way the, the, the league works. All right? And, and that's why teams have to be a little creative. You know, the Kansas City Chiefs before last year, they traded away Tyreek Hill to the Miami Dolphins. Why? Because they knew that Tyreek Hill wanted a new contract and they weren't going to be able to keep him. Because they got Patrick Mahomes who, yeah, his contract, the way it's structured, is a little creative to where it gives Kansas City some room, but you're going to have to rip that up and give Patrick Mahomes even more money because he's earned it. This guy's won another Super Bowl. And I don't think he's going to go the Tom Brady route like he did all those years in New England and just take less and less and less and less to be able to just keep stacking the shelves with talent. You know, guys ultimately want to get rewarded, as they should. But Joe Shane's got some work to do. Joe Shane's got to get Daniel Jones some weapons. Because while last year was a great story, it ain't going to mean a damn thing if you don't get him some playmakers. You know, Isaiah Hodgins, you can't quit there. You can't say that, oh, yeah, David Sills is going to blossom into a game-breaker. What else are you going to do? You know, it's not just, hey, we're going to cross our fingers and hope that Wandale Robinson comes back healthy and he's going to fulfill the promise we thought that he had as a second-round pick. No, you got to continue to go out there and get dudes. That's how you bring out the best of your quarterback because otherwise, what the hell did you pay him for? Right? What would you pay him for? And not just that, look at some of the other areas the Giants are going to have to satisfy. What are they going to do with the Leonard Williams situation? How is that contract going to sort itself out? Are you going to pay him the money that he's got coming to him, that cap hit for the upcoming year? Or are you going to try to rip it up and give him a new deal, which is going to maybe kick some of that money down the road and free up some cap space? What are you going to do with the linebacker position? You need linebackers. They were ravaged with injuries. And I mentioned this last night. What are you going to do at corner? Get some more depth at that position. I mean... Wink Martindale, the dude loves to blitz, loves to blitz coming off the bus. So when you blitz, you leave guys out on an island, which means you have to get guys that can cover. And that is a premium position in the NFL. Four positions in modern-day football that you pay, that you justify giving crazy money to. Quarterback, pass rusher, left tackle, corner. Those are the positions. 800-919-3776. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Get some giant calls. We'll also talk a little Nick basketball when we return. And should we be concerned a little bit about what's happening with the Knickerbockers after a couple of games and now Brunson down for the count again? Dan Grosser Show. We're going until noon right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Talk to Dario Melendez. Get the inside word on how the Packers really feel about one Aaron Rodgers coming up at 11 o'clock. But let's get to some Knicks here because we got word yesterday from the team that Jalen Brunson's not going to be playing today as the Knicks continue the West Coast swing against the Los Angeles Clippers because Jalen re-aggravated that sore left foot injury that cost him a couple of games prior to the Sacramento contest the other night. And, look, kind of a fluky thing. Like I told you, I didn't even know what happened because he was playing lights out in the first half. I mean, 19 points, best Nick on the floor, and didn't look any worse for the wear. It's like, all right, fine. He's, he's fine. He's healthy. He's good. All set. But then he's not able to play the second half, and I thought the Knicks were going to lose by, like, 40. So I give him credit they were able to come back in the game and – actually make it a contest down the stretch before ultimately falling a couple of points short there. But got to reevaluate things because, you know, it wasn't all that long ago where we were sitting here talking about the Knicks like they were never going to lose another game. And it looked like it for a while, right, when they had won nine in a row. And, look, I understand that they weren't as good as they were playing during that streak. And sometimes you get carried away, and whether you're winning a bunch of games or whether you're losing a bunch of games, that's not really indicative of how you are. You know, the truth lies somewhere in the middle, as they like to say. But nine in a row was nine in a row, and they won some in improbable fashion in games that you probably expected them to lose, which they didn't, right? Like the Boston game on Sunday night, on the road, shorthanded, double overtime, they found a way. The Miami game, one right before that, looked like they were down for the count, and Randall's doing his stupid spinorama crap and fumbling the ball away, and he still sinks the game winner. So everything was coming up Knicks. Until it wasn't. And they ran out of gas the other night against Charlotte. Winning streak ended. Okay, and now you go out to the West Coast. And, yeah, I don't think there's any shame in losing to Sacramento. Sacramento's good, right? I mean, they're the highest scoring team in the NBA. It's a good team. Second best team in the Western Conference. There, there, there's no shame in losing that game in that building, especially when you fought back from being, what, 20 points down. Came up a couple of possessions short. But... I'd be more concerned about the Jalen Brunson situation because I don't think that it's too crazy to suggest that the Knicks are not where they are right now if not for him. He's their most important player. The Knicks are not 10 games over 500 this year without Jalen Brunson. The Knicks have not already exceeded last year's win total without Brunson. And I'm not trying to discount anything that Julius Randle has done this year. He's been great. He's been an all-star. You want to say that he's their best player? Fine. But Jalen Brunson's their most important player. And there's a difference between the two. They need Jalen Brunson. Because now as we've kind of readjusted the expectations for this club as to what they could possibly achieve, right? Before it was just, all right, finish out of the playing tournament. See if he could sneak into that top six. Great. But now it's, how about winning a round? 
How about seeing if he can actually make it to the Final Four of the Eastern Conference? Now, that's really accelerating this program. And I think that they still do have eyes on maybe that number four spot, and I think that it's attainable. But I think all that maybe kind of takes a backseat to just making sure that Brunson gets healthy. And, and look, you may agree, you may disagree. I'd love to hear from you at 800-919-3776. But I don't think it's a stretch to suggest that Brunson doesn't play again the rest of this West Coast trip. I don't know if they're going to rush him back when they return and they take on Denver, which is going to be the first team waiting for him. I mean, they might shut him down for like two weeks. It's possible. Now, the good thing about the Knicks is that they've proven that they could win games without Brunson because they won a couple of them here without him. Because this is something that you do not want to have nagging the remainder of the year. You got, what, 14 games left in the playoffs. Imagine if Brunson tries to give this thing a go, and then all of a sudden it's another re-aggravation situation, and then he's going to have to miss time, and then, you know, he's way less than 100% once the playoffs roll around to where it's really going to hurt their chances to even win a series. And then that would almost, to a certain extent, kind of tarnish what they've accomplished already this year because they've done so many good things, you know, and it's been a real, real enjoyable ride. And this team is even better than the one from a couple, of, uh, a couple of years ago that lost to the Hawks in the first round. They could be better, but not if they don't have Brunson. So I want to really see how they handle this thing. And look, we don't know. We don't know how serious it is. We haven't seen the medicals. I do think that it's encouraging that they haven't sent him back to New York, at least not to our knowledge. I think we would have gotten word on that. Maybe Tom Thibodeau is going to tell us something different a little bit later this afternoon when he meets the media. But this is a guy that they need. Because you're looking at some of these other players on this team that are now asked to pick up the slack. And with Brunson out of the lineup, most directly it falls on the shoulders of Emmanuel quickly. And I don't think that you got to be a basketball genius to figure out that he's on fumes a little bit. If you look at his performance the last two games, Charlotte back at the Garden and then Sacramento the other night, IQ is, is he's struggling a little bit here. You know, he's 6 for 27 from the floor the last two games. That's not good. And I even think Julius Randle's fighting it a little bit, too, for the last couple of games. He hadn't shot the ball well. And, you're, you know, when you're Thibodeau and you're not playing a lot of guys to begin with, if you're down one, that is one of your most important players and the guy who plays a lot of minutes for you, you know, it's easy to just say next man up, but all right, fine. If they're not used to playing a lot of minutes, that might take its toll on them. And now you're playing three games in the next four days. It's not going to be easy. I know that both of the games this weekend are in the same arena, literally, but it still doesn't make it any easier. You still have to go out there and you still have to log those minutes. So does that mean maybe lengthening the rotation a little? Like, I, you know, we were talking about this last night. I don't understand for the life of me why a guy like Jericho Sims, who when Mitchell Robinson is out of the lineup – the guy's a starter. He's in the starting lineup. But then when Mitchell Robinson is healthy and he plays, Jericho Sims is out of sight, out of mind. He goes into, like, witness protection. Like, he can't even get, like, five, six minutes a night. He, he don't even play. He's in, like, Evan Fournier, Derrick Rose territory. Like, those guys might as well be on the end of the bench playing cards because you know that they're never going to get in the game. And I don't understand why that is. And I'm not saying that he should, like, eat into Isaiah Hartenstein minutes because I think that what he provides is good. He has a specific role, and he plays it well. 
But maybe you do need to kind of dust off some of these old parts just to keep this team fresh over the last 14 games. Maybe, just maybe. And I know that Tibbs is a guy who's set in his ways when it comes to his rotations and the minutes and, and this and that. And now you bring in another guy, let's not forget, you bring in Josh Hart, and Josh Hart needs to play 30 minutes a night. I keep talking about it, and I call it the Josh Hart experience. If you want the full Josh Hart experience like it's an amusement park ride, he needs his 30 minutes. And I think that it's a fun ride. And I think that it's a good experience. And I think Josh Hart fits this team to a T, so much so that I would be disappointed if he's not on this team next year. Like, that's how tailor-made I think he is for this team, this city, this coach, this group of guys. So he's got to play. But this team cannot be limping to the finish line because it would undo a lot of really, really good things that this club has done for the first 68 games of the season. Let's talk some Knicks. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Dan Grasso Show. We're halfway through on a Saturday, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sam Adams and truly enjoy responsibly. March Madness in full swing. We are one day away from Selection Sunday, if you can believe it. We'll find out the field of 68. Got a big game today at MSG a little bit later on this evening. Big East Championship. Come hell or high water, it's going to be the first Big East title for one of these two schools. Xavier taking on Marquette at 630. And remember, they're kind of newer additions to the Big East. They're not part of the OG squad. But nevertheless, they're two pretty damn good basketball teams, two pretty damn good coaches as well, and Sean Miller and Shaka Smart. So that's 6.30 tonight over at the Garden. You got the Fordham Rams, the Ramily. They're trying to continue on this Cinderella season of theirs. They're in the A-10 semis. They tip off at 3.30 at Barclays. They're going to take on Dayton. They're two wins away from the tournament, folks. So we uh, wish them well. We've got 13, count them, 1-3 conference championship games today. So 13 automatic bids up for grabs to the NCAA tournament and if you're also a fan of a team, like, of course, I am with my Scarlet Knights, and you're on the proverbial NCAA tournament bubble, there are also a few teams out there that we like to call the bid stealers. And these are clubs that maybe didn't have the greatest regular seasons and teams that are starting to get hot here in their conference tournaments. And if they win their conference tournament, they're going to take an automatic bid or they're going to take a bid away from one of these at-large teams. So, 
You got a handful of these bid stealers. You know, Ohio State right now is one of those teams in the Big Ten. Ohio State did not have a very good season. Sub-500 team, okay? They got lucky and were gifted a victory against Rutgers back in December, which the Big Ten even admitted the next day, which was a joke, and don't get me started on that again. But Ohio State finds themselves in the Big Ten semis, and they got to take on Purdue today. Ohio State, if they win today and they win tomorrow, they're going to the Big Ten. They're, they're going to the dance as the Big Ten champs, and who would have thought that was possible? But that takes an at-large bid away from another team. Vanderbilt might be one of those teams in the SEC. Jerry Stackhouse has got these guys believing. You know, they're two wins away from an automatic bid. Teams like UAB and Conference USA, Cincinnati's, the two lanes over in the American. So there's a couple of those that if you're a fan of a bubble team, you root against those squads that I just mentioned when you're sitting down to watch college hoops today and tonight. Should be a lot of fun, as always. So that is the college hoops and... We'll get into the St. John stuff, too, a little bit later on here with them now in search of yet another new head coach. But let's get back to the phones here. Say hi to our good buddy Omar. He is in Brooklyn. He is up next here on 9870 ESPN. Omar, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Dan. How are you? I am outstanding. Now, did you have your big breakfast, lunch thing? Have you already had that? No, I am holding it uh, after my Clippers uh, next game. I'm not going to eat it. Uh, after, yeah, if we have a good, uh, enjoyable, that will be a good uh, lunch, dinner, breakfast, whatever together. Yes, a nice treat for you. Yeah. Okay, but uh, let's get uh, really practically. Uh, I have seen in last 30, 31 years, goes on a four-game West Coast trip, 0-4, oh 1-3, and, and hardly we do 2-2. Two and two. And they were playing so good, and everything was looking good. Now Brunson injured. Uh, last night, Brooklyn Nets didn't play Thursday night, uh, their main two, three players, and they nudged a victory against Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Uh, and let me tell you, I have seen, I'm an NBA fan, but I have mm-hmm. not seen an NBA like this, like the 13th seed Portland Trailblazer in West. If they win one game, they will be the sixth seed. Yeah. Right. This is a hell of everybody is competing for something. Somebody wants to be in the playoffs. They don't want to be in the plane. Somebody that are 11th or 12th cities, they want to be in the plane. There is no tanking here. Everybody is playing hard. Every game, Portland Trailblazer game last night was amazing. Philadelphia player Portland game. Minnesota next game. Everybody is playing hard. Today, Clippers, they have a three-day rest. They want to win this game, okay? The Knicks can fall to six, and Clippers want this game because they, they don't want to go into the plane or at the 11th or 12th seed falling down to the game. So every game counts now, and everybody's playing hard. Why that everybody, the Lakers did it against the Knicks. They didn't play LeBron in the Brooklyn game, and they beat the Knicks when the, he came to Madison Square Garden. You you have seen it. Everybody, the fan who has seen it. Iman quickly have not played that many minutes before. His legs are short. Julius Randle legs are short. Give them one day rest. This is a hard, in the afternoon game. Go for the Lakers. They know LeBron James. Go for the kill tomorrow. Clippers are rested. It's going to be a blowout. No Brunson. 
go for the win tomorrow the way Nets did it, the way Lakers did it. These are examples. Thibodeau, I, I'm not on load management, but that's you have to do it because the guy's not playing to the best level. Give them the rest they need. Please. I don't want to see no 0-4 road trip. Please. Omar, good phone call, buddy. Hang in there. Enjoy that meal a little bit later on. Here, here's what I'll say, and, and Omar makes a good point. He really does. I am not for load management. I don't subscribe to that theory. I don't live in that world. I wasn't raised in that world. I, I just don't. I hate it. And I think that's one of the reasons that the NBA is certainly not the same game it was once upon a time. I'm sorry. It, it's not. You know? But you look around the league, and you look at this Knicks team in particular, you don't see guys getting nights off for the Knicks. You really don't. I mean, when you look at the injury report on a, on a night-in, night-out basis for this team, do you ever see guys say, you know, listed as, you know, R.J. Barrett, out, rest. Jalen Brunson, out, rest. Mitchell Robinson, out, rest. You don't. Knicks are one of the few teams in the league that don't even employ this strategy. Now, look, I know that they've hit a little bit of a rut right now. They might be on fumes a little bit. So, as Omar was just saying there, do you think that now is the time to maybe employ that? Well, you really want to do that, though, without Brunson? Because while you could sit here and say that, okay, maybe their odds are not that good to win today against the Clippers team that is might be a little bit healthier than you are, a little more rested than you are right now, but you could have made that case when you went up to Boston. Because I thought that was the impossible game, right? You kicked their butts at the Garden earlier in the week. You knew that they'd be out for revenge. Remember, Boston had just blown a 28-point lead to the Nets in their previous game. You didn't have Brunson. You went up there, and you beat them. So you can't just punt games away. And Tom Thibodeau's of the mindset of, hey, man, I'm not just going to give victories away. We're going to try to win every single game. Now, you know what's going to happen. Like, you could see this thing building already. If the Knicks somehow get bounced in the first round of the playoffs, no matter who it's against, you know what the rhetoric is going to be throughout the entire offseason, into the summer. The immediate reaction is going to be, Knicks lost because they were burned out, because Tom Thibodeau plays his guys too many minutes, because Tom Thibodeau doesn't exercise load management, because these guys go out there and play every single night. That's why they had nothing left in the tank, and that's why they lost. You could see it happening. You could see it. And I don't necessarily subscribe to it, but that's probably what people are going to say. Hey, Josh Hart, remember that cut from Josh Hart after that Charlotte loss on Thursday? Was it that Thursday? Whatever the hell it was, Tuesday. When Josh Hart basically came out there and told you, he was like, you know what, I don't, I don't want to hear about fatigue. I don't want to hear about that we're tired. You know, we get paid a ton of money to go out there and play basketball. Here, let me refresh your memory. This was Josh Hart after the Knicks lost to the Hornets, ending that nine-game winning streak, and people were suggesting afterwards that, you know, maybe the Knicks were on fumes a little bit. Go ahead. Our jobs is to play basketball. And our job, and it's you got people getting up at 6 a.m. doing 12-hour shifts. Those guys are tired. You know, for us, you know, we're playing a game, and obviously we're fortunate enough to play a game like this, but we have to um, keep that in perspective. I mean, we got to go out and compete and play a game that we love to do and to compete at the highest level. So, you know, we got to make sure we're full of energy and lively every time we step on the court. And I think that's the biggest thing. I don't think we can, you know, blame this on fatigue. 
we got to, you know, like I said, continue to grow and you know, play winning basketball. Like I said, sometimes when you're winning, some 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 of those bad habits are uh, are kind of band-aid. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's why it's self-winning in the league. I tried to tell you before they even got on the plane to go out there that when you go out to the West Coast, it's never easy. I don't care how good you are. I don't care how bad the teams that you're playing are. Going out to the West Coast is always a challenge. And so this doesn't surprise me that the Knicks lost that game to Sacramento. It's only one game so far. But it doesn't surprise me that they lost that first game. Clippers are going to be a tough out. Clippers have a couple of dudes who are really, really good, and when they want to be and when they're healthy, they're top players in this league. But the Clippers, of course, employ load management, and they don't care about the regular season, and they just want to get to the finish line with as many guys still standing as possible. But this game's not going to be easy today. The Laker game is not going to be easy tomorrow because the Lakers, ironically enough, since LeBron James got hurt and he's not even playing, Lakers have been playing some great basketball. And Anthony Davis has been the guy that has put that team on his back, and he's playing like the guy we all know that he can be when he wants to and when he's healthy. But ironically, last night with the Lakers, by the way, they beat Toronto. Anthony Davis had, like, nothing to do with it. He scored, like, eight points. But that's going to be a tough game tomorrow. And Omar kept bringing up Portland. Well, guess what? You think going to Portland's going to be easy in a couple of days? That team is trying to sneak into the play-in tournament. And Damian Lillard can wake up and go for 70 again. I know you don't want to maybe think in these terms, but I, I've come to grips with the fact with this trip and with the uncertainty of Brunson for the remainder of the three games, if I'm the Knicks, just don't get swept. Really and truly, just get a game. Get one. And then come back home and reevaluate things then. When, oh, by the way, you got Nikola Jokic and the Nuggets, the best team in the Western Conference waiting for you. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We're going to get the Packers and the Green Bay side of things on Aaron Rodgers with my pal Dario Melendez coming up at 11. Dan Grasso Show till 12 right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Dan Grasso Show right here on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, we're going to talk a little Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. That's right. We didn't say Jets and Aaron Rodgers. The Green Bay version of the Packers saga as far as where things stand with one Aaron Rodgers and what they have been up to. Uh, my buddy Dario Melendez, uh, News 12 out there in Wisconsin, is going to join us to talk about how things are faring as far as the Packer fans right now and what their interpretation is of the whole mess. Are they done with Aaron Rodgers? Do they just want to move on? Blah, 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 blah. So we'll talk to Dario and present another side of this story coming up in just a few minutes. Let's say hi to Mike in Manhattan. He's up next here on uh, 98.7. Michael, good morning. How are you? What's up, baby? Let's go, Dan. Woo! I'm fired up. What's up, up. Mike? I'm fired up. Let's go, baby. Aaron Rodgers to the Jets. It's happening. It's happening oh my god this might be the greatest day of my life we're gonna win the division we're going to the playoffs we're winning the super bowl baby that's what's happening right now we got this Woo! we're locking it in mike's excited can you tell that mike is excited mike thanks for the phone call i gotta have what mike's having you know mike is into it he's ready somebody check on mike though if this thing falls apart and maybe aaron Rodgers decides that he don't want to come to the jets wouldn't, wouldn't it be great 
if Aaron Rodgers decides to do what Brett Favre did? Because remember, if you remember what Favre, Favre, who retired, right, he announced his retirement in March of that year, had the whole weepy press conference. And then it was a few months later where, like, you know, the Peter Kings of the world were reporting that, you know, Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre has given this thing a second thought. You know, he, he might start to have the itch again, and he might not be quite retired. You know, like, there have been so many athletes that have already pulled this routine now in the 15 years since where we don't even, like, bat an eye. And there's already now rumors that Tom Brady might be playing again, right? Like, keep an eye on the Dolphins. But Favre, you know, started to get the itch a little bit. And he made his intentions that he was going to go back to the Packers. He wanted to still play football. And the Packers came out and were like, no, 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 we're, we've moved on. We've turned this thing over to Aaron Rodgers. So what does Favre do? He gets on his jet, goes up to training camp there at Wisconsin, shows up at Packer training camp as the conquering hero, and the Packers are kind of like, hey, man, what are you doing here? Like, it was awkward. And, you know, Green Bay has this whole, like, family night thing during training camp. It's like a, usually like a Saturday night or something at Lambeau Field where the team practices and the whole town. Like, it's, you know, they pack the joint. And I remember Favre was even at that thing, and he's taking bows from the crowd, and he thinks he's getting his job back. But the Packers the whole time were saying, nah, man, like, Aaron Rodgers is the guy. And back then, you know, Aaron Rodgers was a different dude. And he was in, like, an awkward situation because he was the one that had to sit there and kind of, like, put on an awkward smile in front of the cameras. Like, yeah, it's great to have Brett here, but um, I, I'm planning on being the starter, I think. So I was told. And then ultimately things came to a head to where the Packers were like, look, dude, you can't be here. And that's when the whole trade possibility started and Jets got on the ball. You know, Bucks wanted him and all those things, and we know that he ended up a Jet, but... Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be funny if literally Rodgers pulls a Favre and goes back to Green Bay? Even though that they've made their intentions known that they want to go Jordan Love. It'd be tremendous. It really would be. Richard in Manhattan is up next. Richard, good morning. How are you? Hi, guys. Hello, Richard. Hi, Dan. Hey. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, uh, uh, Green Bay reminds me of Syracuse and Jim Beheim. Enough already. You know, Syracuse just had to let him go because he wouldn't leave on his own. And I think that's the same thing with uh, Aaron Rodgers. But Aaron Rodgers is playing it for all he can. Why did, why did uh, Thibodeau play uh, uh, Brunson the other night? I mean, what was the harm in letting him rest for a few more games? What was the rush in getting him in there? I, Richard, we don't know. I mean, I think that they trust the athlete. And if Jalen Brunson and the medical staff said that he's good to go, he's, he's going to play. He wants to play. Yeah, well, this is what happens, though. You know, right. we all know that, Dan. Yeah. But then you got to think of a risk if something happens. Well, <laughs> that's the. But problem. you know what, Richard? Here's He's the thing: every every athlete, every guy on that team, even if they're 100 percent healthy, when they step out on the floor, there's a risk that they could get hurt. I understand. Even if somebody that was Judge, up do, the, do you think the Yankees would have put Aaron Judge out there in, the, in that kind of situation? No way. It's hard no to way. say, though. You nah, know, but, 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 but baseball's different. They play 162 games. That's true. That's true. There's less games here. But this was not a – all right. Anyway, I still think he should have sat out another week. Hindsight, uh, you can make that case. That's why. Hindsight, Sa it's easy. Sac Sacramento. Mm -hmm. Outside of the Knicks or the Nets. And, by the way, let's say the Nets finish in sixth seed and win a round in the playoffs. Won't that be unbelievable? 
That'll prove that you don't need superstars to get anywhere. That's good. But what I'm really hoping to, hoping to see, Dan, is Sacramento make some noise. That's unbelievable where they've come from. Nobody ever thought that a team that no one had predicted can do this well, do this well. I mean, I don't see why they can't win the West. I don't see Denver. I don't see anybody in the West beating uh, uh uh, the uh, uh, Sacramento right now. These may be, you know, in a championship, it may be tough. Well, R- Richard, here's, here's the thing about Sacramento, and I thank you for the phone call. I got to run here. Sacramento's got the longest playoff drought in the NBA, 2006. Sacramento hasn't had a winning season since 2006. Think about that. A winning freaking season. They got a nice blend of talent on that team. I, I, Sabonis might be one of the most underrated players in the NBA, even though he's an all-star. He might be one of the most underrated players in the NBA. I still don't understand why Indiana shipped him out there. The guy's a triple-double machine every single night. He helps you win ball games. We know about De'Aaron Fox. Monk is a hell of a player coming off the bench for them. They got a lot of firepower on that squad. They really and truly do, and I think that Keegan Murray is going to develop into a nice young player for them, too, over the next couple of years. Kings are fun to watch, but playoffs are a completely different animal. That's for sure. We come back. Another hour to play with. We'll talk a little Rodgers and how things are viewed out in Green Bay with my buddy Dario Melendez from Wisconsin. Dan Gross' show for the next 60 right here on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, man, what are you doing here?